If you have your Bible, if you would please, Matthew chapter 28. We've been singing about up from the grave he arose. And thank God he did. Amen. Because of that, we have a message for you. And because he lives, he offers you and I life. I'm talking about eternal life. What would stop me from going to heaven? Your sin. But thank God Christ paid for it. Amen. God has been satisfied. One man said the uh, resurrection is the receipt on the death of Christ. God says, I am satisfied, sins paid in full. Man can be reconciled to God, whosoever will, let him come. Amen? It's not what you can do, it's what he already done. And uh, so it's either you receive it or you reject it. And I don't know where you're at here this morning, but I hope you'll get it settled. Amen? God loved you. Hell's full of folks that God died for. They just waited too long to get it settled. You're going to have to deal with this word procrastination. God's been good enough to give you an invite. He's knocked on your heart's door. He's brought you here this morning. God is determined for you to be saved. But yet when it's all said and done, you got to say yes or no. And the devil will tell you you got plenty of time. But you and I both know death can come so quick. And I, you know, I got my stories, you got your stories, but the bottom line is you have this moment. You might not ever have another one. But God said, I'm going to give you this moment to get your eternity settled. Now think about this. You're going to live somewhere. Bible tells you two places, heaven or hell, and he lets you choose. That's pretty gracious. He lets you choose. You and I both know if two Greyhound buses would pull up and say, listen, this is all, this is your last day. Two buses take your choice. One's going to take you to hell. One's going to take you to heaven. Line up. Take your choice. Ain't nobody going to get on that bus and go to hell. You'd be plumb goofy. Wouldn't you? You'd fight to get in that door to go to heaven. He's going to knock on your door this morning and say, I want to come in. Will you let me come in? When you say yes, you chose the heaven bus. If you're one of those that said, well, I got plenty of time. You just chose hell. It's that simple. Well, I didn't choose hell. Yeah, you did. If you said no to Christ, you said yes to hell. Well, I'm going to get it settled down the road. That's the lie of the devil. So you're going to deal with it. I promise you. But in this, I want to read the whole story so you can get the gist of it. Verse 1, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat up on it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. I think in their mind, the last time they saw him, he was beaten to a pulp. He was beaten beyond recognition. Amen? I mean, they put the crown and stuck it down in his brain. They took a, a rod and smote him with it. Amen. Spit upon him. Plucked his beard out. I mean, he was a mess. Why would someone do that? Someone had to pay for our sins. And uh, he took the penalty 
But you know what? He could have died on the cross and would not mean a hill of beans if he didn't raise from the dead. That's the key. So in this, he says, he's not here for he is risen. Say that with me. He's not here for he is, you can do better. He's not here for he is as he said. Now keep this in mind. This is not the first time they heard this. He told them for years, thousands of years. That I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be crucified. But I'm going to raise again. Amen. Isn't it amazing what we forget? Then he says, verse 7, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus said, I'll meet you there. He did. He met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. I want to preach on up from the grave he arose. I want to take the word grave and make an acrostic out of it and give you some points on that G-R-A-V-E. Thank God the tomb's empty, amen? In this, he offers you grace. You can't earn grace, it's a gift. God forbid that you die and go to hell because you refuse the gift. It'd be one thing, you didn't have the money, you didn't have righteousness, and we none of us do, but thank God, it's not what you can do, it's what he done for you. Bible tells you and I, for by grace are you saved. It's the kindness of God. He'll come right up to your heart's door and knock. He'll whisper into your heart, I love you. Devil's going to say he ain't going to take you, you whoremonger, you drunk. God said, I'll take you just the way you are. But God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he knows that you and I are a mess. All of us have baggage, but thank God the baggage is on the cross paid for, amen? And he graces us. He offers us kindness and he comes up to you and says, hey, I'll take you right now just with everything that you're going through, I'll take you. He tells you and I, for by grace are you saved through faith. That's our part. Faith is putting our faith in him. Faith is saying, God, my confidence is not in what I can do. My confidence is what you've already done. So you can't be saved unless you believe that he died, buried, and rose again. That's the gospel. Faith is on your part. But faith cometh by what? Hearing. That's why we preach the word through song, through message. We trust that God will take his word and prick your heart. We don't want you to feel comfortable about going to hell. We don't want you to sit there and just say, boy, this is an easy church service. I hope that the devil's, I hope that the spirit of God's all over you and I. We need to be reminded life is short. The window is open, but God ain't going to pull you through. He's going to invite you to come and then you're going to have to say yes or no. Bible tells you and I, you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should what? Boast. What does Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 say? He reminds us again, it's not of what we can do. It's all based upon what he did for you and I, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 
Ephesians 1 verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being the light that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. Man, there's no greater joy to know that my sins are forgiven, amen, to know that I have his presence in this old life that I'm trying to live, not only his presence, but his power. But man, to know that absent from the body is present with the Lord. There's grace for salvation. There's grace for living. There's grace for dying. Thank God his grace is available to all of us right here this morning, but you gotta say yes. Second word is righteousness. Preacher, I'm a pretty good feller. Now listen, here's what the Bible says. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. The only, one, the only way God can get righteousness on you is when you give him your heart. See, when he knocks and calls and whispers and speaks to you, he's asking you, let's make a trade. Give me your sins and I'll get rid of those and I'll give you righteousness. You can't go to heaven unless God's righteousness is on you. You say, well, preacher, I'm not righteous. He knows you're not. That's why that you got to get it from his son, Jesus. But here's the good thing. He's willing to take your sins, amen, and put them behind him as if you never sinned. You say, but preacher, I did sin. I hear you. But he don't see it anymore. He just sees the blood of his dear son. It's as if you've never sinned. You say, well, that's not fair. I agree with you, but thank God it's real. It's what he says right here. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Then he says, for there is no difference. So you listen, if you and I can go to hell, it's not because you're a sinner. All have sinned. Amen? And come short. It's not because you couldn't get any righteousness. Amazon ran out of it. No, it's available. He'll give it to you. But you got to believe. Up from the grave he arose that he might grace you. Up from the grave he arose so he can put righteousness on you. But you got to receive it. Thirdly, once you're saved, there's an assurance. Boy, there's nothing any more comforting to know that Christ lives in me. I go to bed saved. I wake up saved. I drive the highway saved. Amen. I'm saved not because of what I've done, but because I've received what he done. Bible says, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them, and here it is, and they follow me. When Christ comes in, there's something that takes place. He takes your sins and dismisses them. He puts a righteousness. Bible says we're birth. It's a spiritual birth. First Peter says his divine nature is imparted to us. He lives in us that we might live for him. And in that he gives us his presence. He says in John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Bible says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I don't care what they say. If Christ lives in, he'll never leave you. Amen. Neither will he forsake you. Bible says in verse 29, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Now right here in this auditorium, either you're in his hand or you're not. Well, preacher, I used to be right there. No, no, no. You, you, did you hear the scripture? No man plucks them out. Yeah, sure you still sin. We're not perfect. But listen, he intercedes on our behalf. 
He stands there. And when the devil brings our sin to the throne room, Jesus says, no, it's paid for. He didn't save us because we're perfect. We don't remain saved because we're perfect. We're on this side of eternity. That comes later. Right now, he intercedes on the behalf of every believer who's taken by faith his blood and applied it to our hearts. You say, well, preacher, I can't live up to this. You're right, you can't. But thank God he'll help you change your life, I promise you, for his honor and for his glory. I want to read Colossians chapter 2. In verse 2, this is what he says. That their hearts might be comforted. Come on, believer, isn't it great to have the word of God comfort your hearts? Isn't it great to have his promises? I mean, even through the eyes of of what's going on in our world. Anybody that knows the Bible finds comfort because everybody says, well, it's, it's getting horrible out there. Yeah, that's what God says is going to happen. It's going to get bad. But even though it's bad out there, it can be good in here. And uh, we're just pilgrims. All of us just have a few years. I mean, some folks maybe live to be 70 or 80. But most folks, you know, their life's over between those that little window. And you know as well as I do, our life goes by pretty quick. It's a good thing we don't live a long time. Your bodies couldn't stand it. I mean, you hurt, you ache. You can't wait to get in bed because once you get in bed, it's really hard to get out of bed. And you look out your window and you say, man, the grass needs mowed, but I don't feel like doing it. And then your grandchildren live three hours away and they say, won't you come and visit? And you're like, just FaceTime me. I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's a reminder you're just here for a short time and then you're going to go somewhere. Heaven or hell, you choose. But God said, I love you. You know the verse said with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not, should not. Hell's a real place. It's the heartbeat of God for you not to perish and go to hell. But what's the rest of it say? But have everlasting That's his desire. So up from the grave, he arose. He wants to grace you. He wants to give you righteousness. And then once he moves in, he wants you to feel and be comforted by his presence. Bible says there in verse 28, neither shall any man, any man, Colossians 2 verse 2, says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father of Christ in whom are all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The more I study the Bible, the more comforted I am because I realize he's a victor and he's made me a victor. Amen. And I don't have to fear it. I can enjoy his presence. Here's the next one. V. You say, well, preacher, I've got money. Don't mean you're a victory. My life's been good. Don't mean that you're a victor. The only victory I see in the Bible are those who give their heart to Christ. See, because he overcome, he offers you and I to be overcomers. Listen, the world's going down. You all know that. It's going down. You don't have to go down with it. He's reaching his grace towards you, saying that I'll rescue you. That's what salvation is. Salvation is this. God says, I want to deliver you from the penalty of sin. If your house is on fire, man, you can't wait for help to arrive. Well, Christ is simply saying this. There's going to be a time you're going to face judgment, but I want to fix that before it comes. He tells you and I in 1 John 5, 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Listen, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 
See, when you put your faith in Christ, positionally, he puts you as an overcomer. Death would swallow you and I up and we'd got what we deserve. But Christ took our sin penalty, amen, satisfied God. So now he's saying, if you'll let me come in, I'll, I'll take that sin penalty off of you and I'll give you eternal life. Now, you don't have to be real smart to figure that one out, guys. Amen. Die in hell forever or live in heaven forever. I mean, you don't even have to pray about it, do you? Go to hell forever or live in heaven forever. I mean, how would you pray about that? God, I'm trying to figure out if I want to go to hell or go to hell. What? You take it and run. Why? It's a gift. But it won't always be available. He tells you and I in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being a light and salvation is a gift that God would even come to your heart and invite you. Listen, if God don't come to you, I promise you, you'll never find him. He's the one that opens your eyes. He's the one that allows your heart to receive. If he speaks to you, don't you take it lightly. He might not ever come to your front door again. So he tells you and I, I want you to be an overcomer. Because in me, you can have victory. And then lastly, he said, I'm offering you everlasting life. I've spelled out that very word grave. G-R-A-V-E, grace, righteousness, assurance, victory. And then there's three verses I want to give you. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have victory apart from Christ. So what are you going to do with him here this morning? Are you going to receive him? Are you going to reject him? Can you see that he loves you? He hung on the cross for you and I. He bore your sin on Calvary. But death couldn't hold him because in Christ is nothing but life, but yet he bore your death. Bible tells you and I in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I mean, thank God I'm saved, but now here, and I'm done. You got to listen. Everything you and I do for the Lord matters. For the first time in my life, I got purpose. I mean, money stays. Your motto A stays. Your house is going to, I often say the Amish are going to buy it and paint it all white and Change everything you ever did. There ain't anything you can do about it. Life is short. You can be here today and not ever see tomorrow. You can plan for a great vacation and never get to the destination. I mean, it happens every day. Just back home, I mean, a a lady was taking her child to school and got killed on the way, both of them. I can't explain that. I'm just telling you, life can be cut short quick. Amen? Most people don't go to the doctor simply because they don't want to hear what the doctor has to say. I'd rather just die. Don't tell me when I'm going to die. It drives me crazy. Just let me go. Well, you know, maybe they can fix it. Right? I went to the doctor the other day and I heard this lady goes, she, you know what they always say, get on the scales. It's like, do I have to? She said, yeah, I got to record it. She goes, don't tell me what the number is. So I heard that Scale, you know, move around. She don't tell me, please. Don't, I don't want to know. I know I'm, I've gained weight. I'm trying to lose. She's holding McDonald's right here. But, you know, that's, that's, that's how we are. Don't give me the bad news. I don't want the bad news. 
Just tell me, give me a shot. Don't tell me what's in the shot. See, we put faith in everything. You go to the pharmacist and, and um, you know, you can't even read his writing. The doctor wrote something. You're like, I have no idea what that says. And you throw it through a window. And he goes back to 400 some pill things. And thank God you hope he knows what he's doing because some of those will kill you. He goes over, dumps it on the plate, counts them out, gives you one. You're like, I'm going to be better. Well, you don't even know the guy. Right? Doctor wrote something you can't even read. They, and I heard this. I believe it. They said if you get a prescription and, and you can read it, he's not a good doctor. <laughs> but, I mean, we put faith on everything. Who fixed your hamburger? Just give it to me fast. I'll eat it. You can, you, you know, so what I'm saying is life, man, it's just boom. It's gone. You ever look at pictures like, man, where has time gone? Boom, it's over. But God's given you this moment right now to change your destiny. And God said, I, he, listen, he comes quietly upon your heart and says, I love you. That fat boy told you the truth. If you'll let me come in, I can take your sins off of you. The penalty of sins is eternal death. He says that you shall not perish, but have ever. It's the heart of God to take sin away from you and put righteousness on you. Money can't buy it. Good works can never perform it or make it happen. You got to humble yourself. Remember when you got saved, you got to say no to me and yes to him. That's a hard thing to do because you know what? We want to be in control. But salvation is this. I give you my sins. Would you please give me your righteousness? And God will do that. And he'll birth you into his family this morning if you'll say yes. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. How many can lift your hand quickly and say, Preacher, I know I'm in. I'm saved. Thank God. If I were to die, heaven's my home. Can you lift it? Say, that's me. All right. God bless you. Preacher, I can't. I don't know. I mean, no, I can't. I can't lift it. I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to die and go to hell. I don't, I don't, don't make me go there. Listen, I'm not. I just want you to be honest with yourself and with the Holy Spirit. Whoever's, the, listen, the word has spoken to you. Make it simple and say yes to him. Don't fight him. You're fighting yourself. You're the enemy of you. Give your sins to him and let him give you his righteousness. Let him birth you this morning. Let him save you. He wants to. He will. He can. But you got to say yes. God, please, in this invitation, would you do what we can't do? God, would you save that soul? Would you soften their heart? God, may they humble themselves and say, I don't care what man says. I need to get this right. And may they leave here a child of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.